hang on a minute. What are we even talking about today? Oh, honey, we're giving the people what they want. Let's get it rolling. You think it's time? <laughs> you think it's time to roll? I think it's time to get popping. Speaking of rolling, <laughs> I'm rolling my balls off. I am rolling my lady off as we speak. <laughs> They're going to come off. They're going to fall on the floor. Okay. Okay. Let's get serious. I'm ready. Happy episode number 12. This is a very serious show today. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> Welcome back to episode number 12, Wolfpack. We are so happy to have you with us for another fun day at the sex den. Your den mothers are Lauren and Camille. That is us. We are sisters. <laughs> same mommy, same daddy. Same mommy, same daddy. And we are so excited today to answer some questions about the two of us, talk about deep friendships, and sexual confidence when it has to do with masturbation. Oh, <laughs> I forgot already. <laughs> oh, that's what we're talking about? That's yeah, what we're that doing? is exactly what we're talking about. So, as always, please go ahead, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, please go ahead and give a comment or a like. I, I just recently realized that a lot of the podcast streaming networks don't do likes or comments. So, YouTube, Apple Podcasts really helps us out there. Um, if you are only on social media, please go ahead and give us a follow at The Den Mothers. That is our combined podcast page where we post updates and some fucking badass content. That's right. And our personal pages are at SheWolfLauren and at Camille Misbach. And that is where we post personal advice, writing, creativity from both of us, and our endeavors as women. And also you can see how hot we are. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to the sex den. Happy Thursday. Yeah, happy Thursday because we're releasing this episode one day late. Normally we're hump day hump day hoes, but today we're, we're on a Thursday. Yeah. The forgotten day, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) The forgotten day. Okay. Okay. Ow, ow, ow. (laughs) Okay. So this week we, we went to Sedona and we had so much fun. And on the way there, we decided to do a couple of bits or that about us. So instead of doing our normal weekly update, because basically our whole episode or like part of our episode is going to be the weekly update because we're talking about friendships. We want to answer the this or that because they were, they sure were a hit. They were a hit. And we are going to talk about what people thought yes. and then what actually are the answers. Yeah. So. We want to, I'm going to pull them up right now. Okay. There were five this or that's. Okay. Number one was who slept with more people. Oh my gosh. Who did the crowd say, Lauren? Okay. So the crowd overwhelmingly said that I have had more sexual partners. So 73% of people said that I've slept with more people. And (laughs) they were correct. (laughs) They were correct. I've slept with significantly significantly more people. people. Which is just so surprising. Yeah. In the past, like, I... I don't think it's so surprising. I mean, you're much more open about your sex life. Yeah, that's true. Well, I also am allowed to... I I can count women, too. And a lot of my group sexual scenarios would take my number from, like, 12 to 17 in one night. (laughs) You know? Like, if Uh you're having sex in a group, it's... I mean, then there you go. Your number just keeps going boop, boop, boop. It's going to be so many. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of people. Uh, I'm just going to throw in a little souffle of advice here. This is your sign to not give a fuck how many people you've slept with. It's ridiculous. Your <laughs> I, number? Are you serious? I hate the number thing. I actually enjoy talking to my partner about it because I'm so curious. But the jealousy over the number or the shame, it's going to end. It's going to end. I actually want to say my number right now because yeah. I feel like 
I'll say my stigmatizing it. It that could like, be fun. Yeah, it just feels like a lot of people are so. First of all, a lot of people have no idea how many people they've slept with. Yeah, and then some people have a lot of shame about not not having sex with enough people. Like that they they aren't um, experienced enough. And then there's kind of this gray area where it's like, how big of a hoe are you? Like, mm-hmm. how many people makes you a hoe? How many people ma- makes you a slut? How many people makes you prude? Not enough experience. It's so confusing. It's all extremely confusing. So And also, it just simply doesn't matter. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. So let's say our number, since it doesn't matter. It's really fun. Okay, so I just want to say that three three years ago... Uh, when I was like 25, I had only slept, well not only I guess, but I had slept with like 12 or 13 people mm-hmm. and now I'm in the 50s. Like I've, well, yeah, I've, I think, actually I know exactly how many people I've been <laughs> with because I have a running list and then sometimes I'll wake up in the night and remember a person and be like, oh my god, I forgot this person oh on my, my list. Oh my god, that is so funny. Okay, yeah. I am, I, I was, I did count the other day, I think 14 Okay. Or 15. I couldn't remember. <gasps> Hang on. Okay, she's in the 60s. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if I am because this list is weird. I actually have to add Shane. Okay. Well, that's fine. 56. Okay, 50. 56. Okay. Yeah. That's very exciting. Okay, so let's move on to number two. The number two question was, who has done anal? Who did the guest say it was? Okay, our wolf pack said that 62%. Oops. No. Oh my gosh. Okay, 67% of our wolf pack said that I, Lauren, have done anal. 33% said you. And that is false. That it, is false. it is Camille. It's Camille. It is me, yes. I have done it. Lauren is scared to do it, but might do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be doing it exclusively with my husband. That was what I said. And so Shane's going to get the booty. <gasps> yeah. Because, hello. All the luck to him. All the luck to him. It's a tight <laughs> little hole back there. <laughs> Actually, you can read an entire blog post that I wrote about my weird butthole if you want. So we'll oh we'll put that in the, in the show notes. Okay, next question. Next question is, who has to pee more on road trips? Man. 38% said me and 62% said Cammie. But it's actually Lauren. It's me. Yeah, it's Lauren. I have... The weakest bladder. The weakest bladder. I literally <laughs> wet my bed until I was like 12. Oh, man. I would pee in my bed. I literally just had the smallest bladder. Was it later than that? Maybe. <laughs> no. I thought it was 11. I, I think it's 10, but I'm going to say 12. And then I've done it a couple times as an adult. Like, I'll have these vivid-ass dreams about going to the bathroom, and I'm a hard sleeper. I just feel like... That's fine. Yeah, I so my bladder. Yeah, I like so to. So you have a very weak bladder. So that that one's gonna be Lauren. I okay. like to empty my bladder. Okay, let's see what's the next one. Who's more enthusiastic about giving BJ's the big old blowjobaroo? Blowjobaroo. People said. People said. The Wolfpack said Lauren. The Wolfpack said me. Sixty-two percent. Sixty-two percent. And they're right. They're right. I am an enthusiastic head giver. I fucking love it. <laughs> and I think also I love it because it's to like your partners. Yeah. And let, you know, I've had partners that aren't into head and then it was a real downer for me. Man, they wouldn't make noise. They wouldn't say, "Yeah, baby, do more of that." They would just sort of lay there and I'm like, "This isn't fun." No, that isn't fun for anyone. I don't like that. I think I need some interaction. Yeah, I want them to be kind of <laughs> thrusting into my mouth. <laughs> and saying encouraging words. Yeah. Like endearment. You know? I like that. I like grunting. I like endearment. Yeah. Okay, the last question is who's more athletic? Man. It's the gonna... wolf pack spoke that 58% of you think it is it is me, it's Cammy. And that's wrong. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about I our think athleticism. It's, okay. It's 100% me. (laughs) Okay. Let's say this. In team sports or anything that requires skill, it's it's Camille. Anything that requires strength and endurance, it's going to be me. 
I don't know. I'm a pretty good endurance person. I lasted the whole marathon with you. We ran a full marathon together a couple years ago. Okay, that's true. And the Spartan race. I can do it all. You can do it all. But I am stronger. I can do a million pull-ups. Not a million. I can do seven pull-ups. Mm-hmm. I can squat a shitload of weight. I think I have more muscle, but you are... You're stronger athletic-wise. I take the cake. You take the cake. She's good at everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so those were our fun questions, and let's roll this into our how our weekly... Yeah, our weekly update, which was both of us with eight other witchy women in Sedona together. Yeah, we had so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was a lot of laughing, talking, mostly crying, screaming. Screaming. It It was a weekend to go to heal. You know what? I was talking about this with Shane yesterday because he's. we were talking about the word fun, and I'm like... I actually don't know if it was fun, but what it was, was every moment was so meaningful. And because it was so meaningful and so deep, like, I wouldn't say it was fun. Like, it wasn't us getting wasted and, like, going and dancing and being like, yeah. It was, we were in a vortex, literally healing from some of our deepest traumas and our fears and, like, just being held by other women. It was amazing. It was so special. It was set up it essentially was a place where anyone could be as vulnerable as they wanted and allow others to take up space allow yourself to take space with absolutely no judgment yeah and something that I want to say before we even go further into this is if you're listening to this right now and you're kind of cringing or you're like oh there's no like I would hate that or there's no way that um, that they're actually really good friends or you're like kind of thinking that, oh, well, their friendships are going to end or whatever. I just want to say that I was you. Like I, I cannot even imagine that I would be able to have the kind of friendships right now that I do and yeah. like have you in that space. Literally anything to do with vulnerability or thinking about like a group of people crying together and like encouraging each other and doing like primal screaming and dancing like whatever it is that makes you a wild woman that would have made my skin literally crawl like me crawl out of my skin and so if you're having that reaction right now to hearing about this I just want you to sit back for a second and question your relationship with vulnerability because Mm. That's what I needed to do, and that's why we're talking today about friendships, because if you actually want to attract a tribe that grows with you and heals with you and inspires you, vulnerability is is a requirement. It's not an option. You have to be able to show up and remove your mask and remove your facade. That's the only way it can happen. Yeah, I think that is really challenging for people and I would say I had an aversion to vulnerability of this depth and I think that it's because I was always seeking fun yeah so as I've come into this healing journey for myself I realized that fun and partying and drugs and alcohol isn't always the best way to form connection yeah and also it had created a mask for me in knowing people that I know now Mm. so it had created friendships based off of partying and in order to truly heal I needed the vulnerable type of relationship so it's more than a friendship I think friendship is just a term we share with a lot of people like, Oh, that's my friend. Oh right. yeah. These are my friends. Yeah. But I think it's a, to have a deep soul connection where you can really feel seen, understood, motivated. And did I already say understood? Yeah. But I think like held, held, like the, yes, yeah. held, yeah. held. It's something different and it's very special it is. and it is, necessary Mm -hmm. in order for you to reach your your potential so I had met 
all of these women, it was only the first time I met them. Mm-hmm. And to feel that scene just showed the power of the group. Yeah. So a lot of the women, and you, you'll, like, see them on my story and stuff. I'm literally going to Austin to be around them more for pretty much all of November. But it's an incredible group of people who are already coaches and already helping other people heal. And we're just really getting to the depths of what it means to like be things like big, you know, if you, I want to, I guess what I want to do right now is just talk about a couple themes from the weekend that kind of stuck out to me. Okay. One of them is just stepping into your bigness. I think when you're a powerful woman and people see that, from a young age, or you start to come into your power. I see this in my coaching too. A lot of times what we want to do is we like have this narrative about us needing to be smaller or showing up with only a certain amount of ourselves in dating or in our work or in whatever we're doing, even in sports, like, or weightlifting, Mm -hmm. not wanting to be too strong or not wanting to be too loud or not wanting to have too much to say. Um, specifically I'd say in love, like in relationships, when you're dating, a lot of us only come to the table with certain parts of ourselves because we're afraid of our bigness. And that was very, uh, the idea of that was kind of washed away this weekend for us because all of the women there encouraged the rest of the women to be in their bigness, whatever that is. Yeah. Like the multifaceted parts of us that are wild Mm -hmm. and, With that, another one of the themes that came out of just showing up in your bigness is this feminine-masculine balance that keeps coming up again and again and again and again. And that is something that Shane and I talked about this this week, and I think it's so important, is just remembering that if you're a woman listening to this right now, part of being feminine is being wild. It's allowing yourself to be fucking animal. Like, digging into the dirt, putting your third eye on the ground, Mm -hmm. howling, screaming, oh, it's that, like, it's the wild nature of life Mm -hmm. that is to be feminine. And a lot of times we associate that kind of, like, rage, that, that divinity with masculinity, and while masculinity has that as well... It is really important to be around men that make you feel safe so that your wild side can come out and be held by the mountain. <laughs> yeah. That's something that came out too. Like It was a these, theme. It's a theme. Mm-hmm. And all of the women that we're talking to are in these relationships that that either are already that or work toward that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so that's something so important is like, being around masculine energy that actually has space for you to be free, to be wild, and to be fucking big. Yeah. Big. Yeah, and that's different for every person too because I saw 10 different personalities yeah. in that in that space. Some people were more observant. Mm-hmm. You know, the observer who comes in with just a really great – comment every now and then asking you how you're doing like in such a beautiful way and then there are people who are huge personalities leading the meditations Mm -hmm. you know leading the activities that we're gonna do every one of those is beautiful and unique and special so don't think bigness needs to be like you need to be the outgoing one it's just showing up as your true self right and this weekend my true self was literally being a baby like Mm. being held Mm. and I have had so much trouble getting to that place over the past decade and I think I've been really willing to let others be in that space Mm -hmm. of um needing to be cuddled or needing some more words or um, just needing to express themselves and I had put myself on the back burner. So this weekend, I mean, I was literally the first night, the first one to cry when we had a question that felt really close to my heart. And that showed other women that this is the space we can do that. And it also, because of how the women reacted in the space, it just gave me the permission of like, yeah, you need this this weekend. Mm-hmm. You need to take up space. You need to you need to release emotion and 
that's great. And that's how I found my bigness this trip. Right. Crying and being held and like screaming like an animal, Mm -hmm. seriously. And just being, releasing trauma. That was how I felt big. Yeah. So it's unique to everyone. And just, I feel like a lot of people listening to this are going to say like, how do I find that tribe? Right. What, What can I do? Because Lauren's met these people through social media and welcomed me into the group this past weekend. A lot of them have met through social media. They're also a lot of big presence, presences, mm-hmm. <laughs> presence. presence on social media. <laughs> so they all connected in that way. Um, that it may be a way to communicate with other women or, you know, we're, we're speaking women, men right now, but whoever you want to connect with as your tribe. Um, What I was going to say is if you notice yourself in a lot of friend groups that are just hanging out to party, Mm -hmm. I would put yourself in different spaces where you think people are more open-minded. Yeah. (laughs) Like going to yoga, joining meetup groups with women who are hiking, like actually make an effort to make those friendships the same as you would in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, my friend group could never do this. I would encourage you to still keep that friend group. I think it's really important to recognize people offer different things. So your partying, really fun friend group is great for exactly that. Mm -hmm. Every friend group, every person you connect with doesn't have to be like deep and holding you when you cry. That's not the capacity of everyone. And people are going to meet you where they are emotionally. So keep that friend group, but also branch out and make the effort to make this type of friends because it's it's so important. It is so important. And I want to touch on a couple of things, like a couple ways you can do that too. And that is honestly investing in your healing because one of the things that was another theme, I want to keep pulling out themes because I think that themes are mm-hmm. important for times like that just to kind of recap. But one of the things that's so important is if you want to meet people who are on a healing journey or who are kind of recognizing their little T traumas or their big T traumas, their toxicity, like, you know, they're kind of calling themselves out on their own bullshit. You need to do that for yourself too. Like Mm. listening to a podcast isn't enough, Susan. Sorry. Like it's not (laughs) enough. You need to, if you have the means, hire a coach, start joining book clubs, talk about like different circles. If you, if your insurance covers it, get therapy, like call therapists until you're blue in the face, until you find one that works for you, have a creative outlet, like start doing the work and opening yourself up and surrendering to the possibility that people need you and you are healing yourself so you're calling in a tribe like that's the intention it's it's more than just connecting with people on social media and listening to podcasts and mm-hmm. telling your friends to listen to them too it's actually doing the work yeah so um one a theme from the weekend that came out of that is like when you allow yourself to show up as yourself and you bring the your pain to the table or you say this has been paining me and you allow other people to hold you or nurture you like Camille was just explaining about just being a baby and like mm-hmm. crying and being held her expression heals other people too. Our friend Emily had such an amazing expression of something that she was going through and through her expression, it allowed Camille to crack open. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, M keeps coming up for me because we both had that soul connection with her and with everybody, but you and I, it was like, I helped her heal and then she helped you. So that was a very interesting bridge there. Yeah. But one of the things is that you know, when you start to heal yourself, you heal the world. And that came through this weekend. Each person living their own shared, like their own experience. And you have no idea how your share, your vulnerability, your healing, and the expression of that is going to help somebody else in like the most profound ways. It truly, (laughs) truly that it's so important. Yeah. So There's that. And also one final theme that I'd like to pull out, although there were many and I'm sure that they'll come to me and I'll, you know, have another one in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is that when you are in a friend group like this, 
there isn't really space for toxicity. When mm-hmm. something is toxic, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we call our friends up. Not out, but up. Ascension. We're bringing people up. We're bringing people higher to their full potential. Mm-hmm. And so having conversations that are not always easy and just expanding our capacity to communicate yeah. with each other because we learn from relationships more than we learn from anything else. Yep. So we do. Those are those are kind of my key takeaways. And also yeah. laughter. Laugh. <sighs> Laugh. Yeah, if you're not laughing with your friends, it ain't right. Yeah. I want to say this too. If you're like you and your friends are kind of pushing these boundaries, but mm-hmm. you're just like not really knowing I really liked that card game that you used to have. I think it's called Big Talk. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's just this card deck of questions that allows the depth to just kind of start flowing. And if you're like, man, we're like brinking on these questions and I don't know how, like I would just recommend getting something like that. Or going on a hike together instead of doing what you normally do. Like just... Push the bounds a little bit and you can test the depth of people in that way and see like, am I going to be able to grow and express myself emotionally in this way? Right. And I just encourage if you're listening to this and your friends aren't talking about this, like be the one to talk about it. Yeah. See if these friends are actually going to be able to come up with you. Like talk about what you're healing from. Ask if your friends are going to therapy. Like it's just not typical in conversation in certain friend groups so I would just recommend diving in and seeing if there's that capacity within your already built circle yep I agree because the people can be underestimated sometimes too Mm -hmm. it's like I one of the things that I recommend is also I mean we call this witchy weekend because Magic is around us all the time. I've identified as a witch since I was 18 years old, Mm -hmm. but uh, my circle hasn't. No. You know, like, this is a very new thing for us to all be talking about, like, our power and our magic and, like, what are the things that you bring into the world? Even if you don't have the desire to be a healer or to be a coach or a guide or a mentor or a, you know, shaman or a yogi or whatever it is. Ask yourself what you bring to this world. Because if you think the only thing you bring is good accounting skills, that isn't it. Like, you have things inside of you that are magic because we are multidimensional beings. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. There isn't a question about that. This isn't just like, you're human and nothing else. You're a human with a mind that we still don't understand yet. You're a human with a soul that we still don't understand yet. And we probably never will fully. Yeah. Until you die. And then you're God. So, I don't know. Welcome to the club. Figure out your magic. (laughs) (laughs) Claim your power and figure out your magic. (laughs) Yeah. Done. Yeah. I think that, so, a, a lot of things that we talked about this weekend, you know, we're healing, we're healing and everybody has healing to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everyone has a big T trauma, but we experience trauma throughout our lives in different scenarios. I want to just, not everybody knows what a big T or a little T trauma Mm -hmm. is. So I'd just like to quickly explain that. Mm -hmm. A big T trauma is a very acute thing that you can that felt traumatic for you. So a big T trauma is like if you're in some kind of a natural disaster, if you were a part of 9-11, if you have been sexually assaulted, if you um, have been in an abusive relationship. It's like that's a big T trauma. If you had a parent that like was abusive. Abuse, yeah, abuse, abuse in the home, yeah. Like those are big T traumas. Little T traumas are things that maybe somebody told you that you were too loud over and over again. Maybe somebody told you that you were too big, too fat, too skinny. It's like these um, traumas that kind of permeate your cells, but it's not as acute. Yeah. And it's not like your whole entire body isn't holding on to it for dear life. Yeah. This is how small the little T trauma can be. So I was listening to Shane's podcast, which is called Human, by the way. It's a phenomenal podcast about 
the human intelligence, excellence, like basically expanding ourselves in the best way in our human bodies. Yeah. And I was listening to his... Um, we'll, we'll link it. We'll link, yeah, we'll link it here. Um, I was listening to his interview with Stephen Jaggers, who's a breathwork expert, and he's, he works with people through breathwork to almost spark a psychedelic experience. You work with breathwork for a couple hours, and people are kind of thrashing around and screaming and releasing trauma in the way that they experienced their trauma at the time. Anyway, he mentioned that one of his clients had he was having a problem in his workspace with delegating tasks, giving things away. And through his breathwork experience, he recalled an experience from his childhood where someone took his favorite lollipop from him. Wow. Like, that's how small. But just acknowledging that was enough for him to rethink his business and his structure and, like, get in touch. So it can be something that small. Yeah. Like, I'm realizing being a really young elite gymnast it has been something in me that was almost a s- series of small traumas, like being so stressed out at that age. So you may not even know what it is, but just acknowledging that everybody has had trauma throughout their life, um, those are things you can work through, those are things you can heal from, but a lot of us and something we've noticed is that a ton, especially of women, these traumas can affect sexual confidence. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it makes me so angry Mm. that when we talk about this with our friends, you know, it's like, yeah, me too. It's, yeah, it's, it is me too. It is you too. It is, it's when one woman suffers, we all suffer and not just on like a metaphoric level, but honest to God, when we talk about, you know, when Cammy tells her story every time there's somebody else that says I've experienced something like that too. And it's fucked up. And it pisses me off. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's fucked up. And also, the most beautiful thing in the whole entire world is that at any time you decide, it's time to claim your power back. Yeah. And so, sexual confidence from that, like when a lot of our roots are in something traumatic in our sexual space... It sets your foundation in such a shaky, it's such a shaky foundation for your sexual confidence because you're like, well, I didn't have a voice or like, I don't remember what I said or, you know, it can take away and tarnish your ability to connect with your pussy, with your partner, with anybody who you're having consensual sexual experiences with. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about the depths of trauma today because that's really an important conversation for a professional in a, in a trauma response space. Mm -hmm. But today we are going to talk about ways that you can claim sovereignty and claim power over your body because that, that truly is some of the most important work is to start stepping into that with the guidance of somebody who understands trauma. Yeah. And I want to say too, it goes even so far beyond sexual assault. I mean, that's a big T trauma, but women experience a multitude of things in their life that suppress their sexual confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even seeing people edited photos, seeing people's edited photos on social media. I know. I mean that alone is making women depressed about their bodies. Mm -hmm. And then maybe say one of your partners leaves you and ends up with someone skinnier. Like, I mean, that can throw off your mindset. Or somebody saying something to you. Like, you want to have sex so much. Like, chill. Why why are you so horny Why are you so horny? Or like, why are you not horny? Or like, oh, you haven't done this? Like, I mean, there are so many things that can throw you off, but... We noticed this weekend, it's like to claim your full power 
we are sexual beings. Like we've said this from the beginning that sex yeah. is life. So instead of today, instead of like Lauren said, diving into trauma, um, we want to dig into sexual confidence and how you can reclaim that within yourself, which yeah. is, so we're going to focus and kind of walk through self-pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important. And I think you asked some this or that. Yeah, well, I did a question today, and this was only two hours ago on my story. Let's see how many people have answered it. Three, so I, the question was, how is your sexual confidence today? And I asked this two hours ago. 370 people said very good. 326 said not very good. So we're at almost a 50-50 mm-hmm. sexual confidence feeling good and not good. And when I click on the people who are saying not good, it's mostly, it appears that it's mostly people who identify as women. Yeah. And so while some of our listeners are also identify as men, this is an important conversation for, actually it's a really important conversation for everybody. I talk about this stuff with my clients who are, have vaginas and vulvas and those who have dicks too. Yep. So the first thing is work on your presence. <laughs> I know that that sounds not as like specifically sexual, but if you, the first thing that is the most important for you to reconnect with yourself is to come back into your body so you can come. <laughs> like, so you can literally have really great orgasms. Mm-hmm. So start noticing during the day. Are you being present? Are you just getting from point A to point B to point C and like kind of mindlessly driving to work, mindlessly driving to the grocery store? Or are you in your body? Start noticing your soul, your mind, being in a relationship with your body. That's number one. Like, yeah. And what that means when you're masturbating is number one, you must masturbate. In order to like to have this kind of connection mm-hmm. with yourself, it's really important because no matter what anybody says, no matter what religious leader you follow, your power is in your pussy. Mm-hmm. The pussy is the most powerful organ on the face of the fucking earth. It literally gives life. It gives life. Like you, it's the only thing humans. that gives life. It's it, the whole yoni, the whole entire system that exists in your body regardless of whether or not you actually physically push a baby out of you one day is designed for life it is a life force Mm -hmm. so it's incredible actually let's start there thinking about how incredible your body is yes like think about it but I need and I'm gonna call on all the wolf pack to actually start doing things that make your body feel good like I'm sick of people going to work and coming back and sitting on the couch and doing nothing. Like, the first step, no matter how much time you have, how much time you have to offer, is thinking about appreciating and doing things that make your body feel good. Like, we can wake up five minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. It's five minutes of stretching or just even if you're just going to lay in your bed and breathe and actually focus on your breath, these are all things that will reconnect you to your body because it is so beautiful. Yeah. No matter where you're going for the rest of the day, your body's with you. It is. So you have to be thankful. I don't care if your body isn't in the shape that you want it to be. Your first step in finding sexual confidence within yourself is appreciating your body for what it is. It's gratitude. Mm -hmm. It's so much gratitude. Like, even if we just talk about that, like, let's say that you're sitting here listening to the podcast right now, listening to the sex den, and you're like, but my body is 20 pounds bigger than I want it to be, or my body doesn't have, my ass doesn't look like this. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I'm serious. Shut the fuck up. I can't, I'm I'm not trying to be an asshole to you, but this is how I coach too. Yeah. Stop. 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 Because if you do not have an opportunity where you can close your eyes and feel the miracle of your heart beating and your lungs expanding and your pussy getting wet for you, then we have another thing coming. Like forget sexual confidence if you are not able to at least recognize the miracle that your body is. 
Yes, people are trying to ask questions all the time of like, how do I feel sexier with my partner? It's like, you fucking love yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's you the answer love to, yourself. It's, it's actually the answer to every question. It is the answer to every question. I know. How do I attract somebody? We have a question this week. How do I, how am I more seductive? How do I get a partner? How do I communicate better? It's like, know yourself, love yourself. Yeah. And this is so much easier said than done. Like I'm screaming at you. I'm getting passionate right now. (laughs) I know that. And that's okay. This is who I am. But the, the experience of you taking your love for others and your desire for love from others and your desire for attraction from others Mm -hmm. and you pour that desire into knowing yourself into loving yourself that's what it is yeah so if you want other people to feel seduced by you if you want other people to feel turned on by you start with you start feeling turned on by you yeah and in your masturbation practice turn porn off for right now. Yeah. When I ask women, I was surprised by how many women watch porn. Mm. And th- this is not me shitting on porn. I want to say that. Porn is an important thing because watching people have sex is hot. It turns yeah. almost everybody on. Yeah. Like, watching people fuck is hot. Mm-hmm. So that is not the point of this. What I'm saying is if you are using porn every time you masturbate, you are not being present with your pussy. So when I'm saying to turn it off, I actually just mean go inward and explore your body. Even if you don't come the first couple times, Mm -hmm. actually feel your nipples, feel your tits, feel your body. And if you're a man listening to this, like feel your muscles and your skin. Start in the shower if you want to, but just have, have an experience with your body thanking it that this is the gratitude yeah I want to say too it even starts before sexual confidence so like I'm saying like I was saying earlier in order to thank your body I mean you have to look at yourself naked Mm. like you have to be able to face yourself and look at yourself and see your body and feel your body and appreciate your body in the mirror yeah. Like, you think you're going to present well if you can't even look at yourself? Mm. I mean, you have to find an appreciation. And if that needs to be the first step before you are even exploring the parts that feel good. <laughs> you know what, too? That this just, this just hit me, and I completely forgot about this experience. But I remember one time I was back in, um, in Denver. I must have been in college or something. And I was a little bit drunk. And there was this old box of photos. And at this time, I was really low self-esteem. Like, I did not love myself. I was constantly trying to be smaller, like, do different things with my hair. I just, like, couldn't get comfortable in my own body. And um, there was this old box of photos. And I don't know why, but I just picked them up and started looking at them, like, really late at night. Mom was asleep. Like, Mm -hmm. you were asleep or whatever. But I remember just sobbing, looking at these photos of myself that I had put in a box because I didn't like the photos. And it was like when I was, you know, 14, 15. And I remember just sobbing and looking at myself in the pictures and just saying, like, you are so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Like, I was looking at the pictures just thinking, like, this beautiful woman. And it was me, you know? It was me, like, reclaiming my beauty and just... I think especially in photos, we shit on ourselves or have particular angles and it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. I had a moment where I saw my own heart through the photos. Like I was my own kid. You were like, oh my. I I saw something really beautiful on Instagram the other day and someone said, you know how you're watching the most beautiful sunset in the world and you take a picture and it just doesn't do it justice Hmm. remember that next time you're shitting on all the photos that you've taken of yourself wow that is so true because it's so much more than what it looks like a photo isn't the full expression of your heart honestly it's so hard it's so hard to do so hard I don't know if there's anything more brave than loving yourself I also want to say this, it is so hard. Yes. And if, 
especially depending on the traumas you've endured, small Mm -hmm. or large, sometimes you need help to find this. And there is no shame in that. There is no shame in hiring a coach. There is no shame in going to therapy. There is, there's no shame in hiring a trainer. Like if you feel so low on self-esteem, I mean, ask for the help, get the help because everything in your life will increase and become happier if you find love, if you can love yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. It is so hard. And that's what I want. I, I know that we're derailing and I actually love it because I'm feeling like in my actual body right now, it's like, I want to give myself a hug because it is so hard getting Mm -hmm. to a place where you actually feel like the essence of confidence. Truly the word confidence is just another word for deep self admiration and self love. It is like to be confident. You can kind of fake it until you make it. But truly, if you want to feel confident in the depths of your soul and not just portray it, then you must love your own heart and you must love your own essence and your body. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like people might look at our photos or, you know, see us and be like, well, it's easy for them to love their bodies and to you, fuck you Mm -hmm. because sorry, but no. It isn't just because Mm. of the way somebody looks. If someone, no matter how beautiful you are, we are still told we're not good enough. We're too big. We're too small. Like that's still a narrative because hello, we all live in the same fuck show of a society. Yeah. Right. So like everybody is getting these messages. Sure. Might it be a little bit harder if you are overweight or if you are underweight or you Mm -hmm. look a certain way, of course, but Every woman on this planet has struggled in some light in some way with her confidence or love for herself. Yes. So you're not alone. You are not alone. And you should never go off the confidence you see on someone's Instagram. Oh no, no, no. I mean, like we're compare. in a world, yeah, we're in a world where you can edit and Photoshop and create a life for yourself that you want. But just know that most of those women are struggling too. Yeah. Okay, so after you've found this love in yourself, it's time to start exploring your body. It is. Yeah. And I don't think, like, one more thing (laughs) is that this, as you can hear right now, Camille and I are kind of talking about all of these different aspects and sort of jumping from one topic to the next. And this is exactly what a healing journey is like. This is exactly what a self-love journey is like, is that none of it is linear. It's not like one day you wake up and you're like, well, now sure, perfect, I love myself. So they said it's time to start exploring my body. Like it isn't a linear process. You're not hitting the first thing and then going to the second. It would be easier if it was, right? Like if there was a a (laughs) line where you could just hit all the things. But To quote Eminem, some days I feel like shit. Some days I want to quit. (laughs) That's exactly right. Feel more worried. Yes. I mean, you love yourself, and then the next day you could wake up and you're like completely broken out, and all of a sudden it's self sabotage. Right. Like it's consistent self work, and when you feel ready to start exploring, like. It can also happen in parallel. You start finding, you actually dive into step number two first. You start masturbating and you start loving your body more. Like this isn't a set rule of principles. It's just things to help you build self-confidence, self-love and exploring your body. (laughs) Honestly though, one of the things that helped me feel so sexy was watching myself come in the mirror. You love to do that. Well, it's not that I love to do it every day, but it's something, (laughs) it was like, It was seriously the most beautiful thing I've ever seen the first time I saw it. I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, it's the most powerful thing ever. It's so special. Actually, the blog that I mentioned earlier about my weird butthole, it also has a guide for mirror masturbation. Like, Mm. if you're wanting to watch yourself, or even if you don't want to at all, but you're going to challenge yourself to do it, just looking at your own pussy is so important, even if you don't want to touch it. 
I mean, look at your own dick, too. Like, yeah. does, is anyone looking down there, or are you just furiously no, whacking it? dudes know what their dicks look like. Okay, well, you need to be looking at it when you're masturbating. Yeah, and also, if you are just furiously whacking it, like, the same exact <laughs> way you were when you were 13, I would slow down and use some delicious coconut oil. You, too, Mr. <laughs> Turn Off the Porn, and just feel... Just be in it. Create some fun fantasies in your head. But most of all, notice how your body works up to orgasm. Notice where it feels when you're when you're about to come. Notice where it is in your body. Is it in your heart? Is your heart racing faster? Is it in your head? Do you have tingles all over? Are you getting a rush? Do you feel like you're going to pass out? <laughs> like whatever it is. Out. Are you blacking out? Yeah, it is. Also, I recognize that a lot of women don't know how to self-pleasure. Mm-hmm. Because, like we talked about in a previous episode about perfectionism, I mean, porn has kind of given us this idea that we're supposed to come just from something inside of you. So, right. this is also an offering, is exploring your yoni outside of just your hole. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need to be touching the lips. You need to be... Touching the clit, you need to be feeling around to see what feels good. Like in and out super fast may feel really good for one person, but you might just need a lot of pressure on your clit. Like you might be able to get off humping something. Dude, I cannot get off unless I'm literally slamming my clit into something. Like, I mean, mine needs I a lot squirt. of pressure. <laughs> yeah. It can be different with penetra- certain penetrative moves, mm-hmm. but like. I didn't know that. I thought it was, it would take me a while. I didn't know how to do it until I would find these specific movements where I could just basically drag my <laughs> Like, <laughs> you're slamming it into the ground, dragging it like a, like a dog scoot. Like a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> yeah. Like, if, imagine the pressure of your, all of your weight down on a vacuum. Yeah. No. Yeah. That is what some need. Yeah. If you have the access and availability with funds, yeah. you could go to stores and yeah. find a toy. Like, the people there are very knowledgeable. And, and they're always really, like... Um, eccentric? Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> alt. You know, I would say they're alt. Yes. They're, it's like they'll have green hair, and you know they're just getting yeah. fucked like a maniac. Why is it so specific? It's so specific. They have green hair, and they wear Doc Martens. But they love to work there, and yeah. they have a lot of advice. They do. So if you're feeling completely lost, and you don't want to feel ashamed about asking your friends, just go there and ask them, and then you never have to see them again. Yeah. Even though there's nothing shameful, and everybody should know if their <laughs> friends are masturbating. <laughs> you should just talk, message all your friends right now and be like, when was the last time you masturbated? Yeah. Are you masturbating? Like, I these, need to know. This is what I'm talking about too because I think that sometimes because of the circle that we run in and like because of the conversations that we have. We forget it's not happening. We forget it's not happening. Mm-hmm. But like if you are not talking about this stuff with your partner, with your friends, start. Like there, this is the, – the, the conversations, everybody likes sex mostly – I mean, if, and if you don't, that's okay, too. There's a community for you. Yeah. But, like, there, there is so much to be said for just having these kind of conversations. It's really liberating. It is liberating. Yeah. And so sexual confidence. Did we cover it? I mean, did we do what we needed to do? Yeah. I feel like when you start doing that, you start showing up differently, especially in sexual relationships, because you are now in love with your body and in love with your own pleasure. Yeah. So you're able to create spaces with your partners, sexual partners as well. And if you don't feel like you can tell your partner what you want, um, and if, if you're not able to be sexually confident with your partner because you're feeling like nervous specifically that they're not liking something I don't know I just don't think it's your partner Mm. yeah we kind of covered this last time I mean when it's a one night stand or you're kind of just hooking up with someone it's a little bit different if you're feeling a low self-confidence in your sexual relationship that's like a long-term partner number one it has to be addressed yeah and if they're not willing to hear or, you know, hear you, understand you, see you, it's just not the right person. Because in a relationship, 
you can be torn down by the way someone else treats you. So if you feel like you're having to win someone over and that's why you need to be confident, yeah, you're going to have to rethink that aspect also. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, anybody who thinks that their confidence is so that other people perceive them in a different way, like I want to be confident so people perceive me differently, basically, it question your intention on that, you yeah. know, like question your intention because confidence is for you. It, it's nice for other people. It, it shows outwardly in a nice way, but it mm-hmm. is for you at the end of the day. Like ultimately it feels really good to feel confident mm-hmm. and it's not so that you can have better sex. It's so that you can have a better life. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's Overall, it. like sex is, is a really important part of life. It's what, brings a new life but it isn't the whole point and that's that on that yeah <laughs> I think so okay so we have a couple wonderful wolf pack questions this week one is related to the subject and one is not okay. but these are both fantastic so thank you all for writing in again love, love the it. questions we love the questions love the wolf pack we hope we we hope to answer everybody's questions honestly yeah. we love questions unless it's asking me if i'm going to shave my head i i cannot stand that question for one more second you know what it is i think it's an honor because they think you have such a good face <laughs> thank you it's that they have a fetish they have a fetish <laughs> and i'm so fucking sick of it <laughs> question number 1 <laughs> is i want to be open my wife doesn't, are we doomed? Yes, the end. (laughs) I will say this. If you're just having only one conversation about this, no, I would say you're not doomed. I would say if you've talked about this a ton of times and you feel like at this point you're just really trying to convince them and they're never going to be into it, like Lauren said last episode, this is your opportunity to explore how much sex means to you Mm -hmm. in your relationship if you really want an open relationship that feeling's not just gonna go away so I would say yeah you're doomed (laughs) well and also wondering just why you're wanting the open relationship were you once really passionate about monogamy Monogamy. and now you're feeling more passionate about non-monogamy why how much research have you done um, is it something that you're wanting to be more poly? Are you wanting to love other people or are you wanting to just explore sexually? Have you been together for 20 years? Like there are a lot of questions here. Um, and also I think that talk to your wife about if you two think you're doomed. I mean, I, I hate to put this back on you, but like mm. you're asking two chicks who know nothing about your relationship. We, of course we want the questions, but Make sure that you're also asking your wife this. Yeah. Honey, do you feel like we're doomed because I want this? How can we get back on the same page? How bad do we want to stay together? Is this our priority? Like, is our love our priority? Yeah, and know that there are also options. If you, if this is available to you, there are coaches that can help coach you through an open relationship and even, like, see if you're ready. Right. I mean... I just listened to the Nimai Delgado podcast, which yeah. is uh, two of the people that we know and two of Lauren's friends, Nimai and Bianca, and they talk through how the open relationship thing went with them for the first time. Like, being in an open relationship is more than just saying you want one. It opens a whole nother level It does for your relationship. Yeah. A whole different level of communication, rules, constant conversation jealousy I mean it really involves so much more than if you're just monogamous so before you even make the decision I would like do research and listen to other people's stories and maybe reach out to some people and see how it works especially if you're in a long-term partnership and there's so much to love about your relationship Mm -hmm. I mean yeah yeah okay number two you kind of touched on this a little bit but tips on seduction and how to seduce a man and send the right signals. Love yourself. Mm. I wish that I could say more than that. If you want to be a seductress, I would join a burlesque troupe. And like, 
learn how to be a seductress if you're if this is something that you're really wanting um I would just ask yourself too like what about you already right now isn't seductive like you as yourself I could say like Work on your eye contact, hold your shoulders back, bring your eyes up, gaze around the room, decide which guy you like at the bar and make eye contact with him and smile. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like to seduce somebody to me, there's something sexy about it if you're already in a relationship and you're wanting to like do a strip tease or you're wanting to do something like that. But what is your desire at the end of the seduction? Are you wanting to sleep with somebody one time? Are you wanting to, like, seduce somebody into being in a relationship with you? Because to me, that doesn't sound like longevity is in your future. Yeah, I also want to say that someone will find... Okay, so this is two different scenarios. If you're looking for a one-night stand, this is how I was looking at it, is like, this is my assumption. I'm not able to pick up men. Okay. Okay, so if you're looking for a one-night stand, I think just a really obvious answer that no one does is literally just talking to people. Yeah. Like, we're so into this, like, men attract the women type of thing, but it's actually really sexy for a woman to just go and start a conversation with a man. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my men find that very sexy mm-hmm. because it's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Um, I also wanted to say, though, if this is something and you're looking for a relationship and you're trying to, like, seduce someone into being in a relationship, that's just not the person. Mm-hmm. Because someone is going to find your unique sexiness sexy. Right. So I don't present as super sexy. Like, I think I'm getting sexier, but I've kind of always been cute. Mm. I've always been more quirky. Mm. But there are certain people who are very attracted to that. Like, I wasn't like a, hey, like, eye contact, kind of touching you person. It's like, I almost was just like, they're friend. It was like, hi. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But people find that sexy. Mm -hmm. So someone's going to already find what you offer sexy. You don't have to change it. And I also think if you build a connection based on this kind of like something performance, that isn't you. Yeah. yeah, if you're doing it based on a performance, like where does that leave you? Right. It's like, are you going to have to be that seductive kind of person all the time now? Or are you just like, okay, but actually kind of weird. And like, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> I was just putting on this performance and it's like, so maybe one night stand, this can work if you're wanting to do a performance style. Right. But, <laughs> I would say falling in love with yourself and seeing how you present yourself as sexy is the best step. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a really good answer. I really (laughs) like your answer. Uh, Thank you. I want to expand on it a little bit too because um, I had this narrative for a really long time because I was constantly dating people who I just wanted to have more sex than they did. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I know what it is. It's that I'm too available and I'm not as – I'm not – seductive enough Mm. so I had this narrative that like if I could only be sexier or if I could only be more seductive or if I could be more like and like kind of walking around and like strutting and saying sexy things that they would want to have more sex with me Mm -hmm. and that just wasn't the case at all like I could literally be drooling on my pillow with my mouth hanging open and Shane's wanting to fuck me like because Everything I do to him Because that's a true connection. It's a true connection. It's just like, damn. He, <laughs> so so it makes me want to be more seductive because yeah. he wants me. Okay, I'm going to throw out a story that I have is that I had a friends with benefits situation yeah. and like I wanted to lock them down and <laughs> they didn't want that. Okay. So I tried to be like a more sexy because I was like, it's once again, it's just because I'm not that, yeah. I'm not alluring enough right like yeah. he's not craving me right you're not Marilyn Monroe yeah so all of a sudden I found myself like <laughs> I have to go home like even though I wanted to have sex and like you the just... ending of the story is they ghosted me like <laughs> they still didn't want me damn it which is sad yeah but it just showed like I tried this like weird sexy thing that isn't me and the person still didn't want me so it's like 
Dude, I Just get it. Be yourself. So I much. hate like, the feeling I, of trying to be sexier. I hate it too. For for people who don't deserve it. Yeah. When they don't deserve it and you know they don't, if you're like about to throw up when you're presenting yourself. <laughs> like I remember when I would be wanting to have more sex, I'd be like, oh well, if I just like adorn myself in lingerie and perfume and like casually put my body Mm -hmm. in a sexy position on the couch Mm -hmm. he'll have to have sex with me and then every time I just even if we did have sex I would Mm -hmm. just sort of feel like shit I'm like you just feel like shit okay I'm gonna say this though (laughs) this is the longest answer ever but I just have so (laughs) many things to say if you are seducing maybe your partner your long-term partner I actually think to me what feels sexy and maybe you can try this because it's not as scary is putting on a lingerie and kind of like less is more. Oh, okay. The less words oh, yeah. is more. Okay. So instead of just being like, how are you doing tonight? You know, if you just, <laughs> to me, the more words that are said, the more can go wrong. Wait, I so, just want to say, if you could see what Camille did with her body when she said <laughs> How are you doing tonight? I would literally just put something on, quietly present yourself, okay. and then say like, "Do you like this?" Oh, do a little spin. Oh God, do a I'm gonna spin. Die. I'm gonna die. I can't. Okay. I'm so scared. Okay, this is all I'm saying is. If you're, the more of a performance it is, the more room for error. So I would just start really small. Okay. <laughs> kind of just, like, lay in a sexy position. Like, I, I don't know. Almost do do a little performance, but just, you don't have to go from, like, normal sex to, like, all of a sudden you're a dominatrix. Like, just sprinkle in one new thing each time until you're feeling more seductive. Okay, that's good. Okay. Yeah. I... For some reason, the question of "Do you like this?" makes me so scared. I maybe love it's that my question. own vulnerability. That's my favorite question in the bedroom. It is. Love it. Well, me too. But in the bedroom, when I'm saying, I like it. But if you're presenting yourself and you say, "Do you like this?" and then what if they're just like, no. if they say no, then you put on your regular clothes and you walk out the door and you say, "Well, someone else fucking will." Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, bitch. <laughs> Yes. Forever. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't care how long we've been together. <laughs> okay. okay. I think that wraps up episode number 12. Man, you know what's so funny is that every time we hop on, we're like, maybe this will be a shorter episode. And then they just keep rolling. This, like, 108, 107 mark has really been getting us lately. So, all I want to say is, Wolfpack, we absolutely adore you. We love you, kids. We love you. We hope you find meaningful and loving friendships that you can feel supported and held. And we also hope that you learn to freaking love yourself because that's where it all begins. And if you want more help with that, I'm a stellar coach. Yeah, Lauren is a stellar coach. Follow her on Instagram at SheWolfLauren for more tips. She lays down so much content, answers a bunch of questions on this kind of stuff. And and also Camille has been really stepping into her own. Read her captions. They are phenomenal. They're flowing out of her like lava and it's yeah. really wonderful. And also make sure you're following the Den Mothers because we post so much content there for you too. We love you and we just want to keep giving it to you. Giving it to you hard. <laughs> We'll see you next week for episode number 13. Lucky 13. Ow, ow, ow!